So just finished up um, a November 2019 update of Growth Tools. And uh, we do that every month, me and our copywriter, Will Ho King, again on a call. And I just share kind of interesting things that are going on inside of the company in a couple different areas in our training company and in software and in hiring and cool stuff I'm learning and whatnot. So we record that every month. I share it with the team and we've started sharing it with the list as well. So we just finished that up. I know as of this recording, this is October 29th. So I'm going to publish this a couple days early. Um, we'll email it out to the list uh, next week, maybe. I don't know, some point. Uh, so you'll get a little preview of that on the podcast. If you're interested in anything to do with the growth tools, my company, uh, feel free to listen and uh, hopefully you'll learn a few things. All right. Uh, this is the monthly update call for November 2019. So a chance to see a little behind the scenes of what y'all are working on in the business, problems you're trying to solve, changes you're making. And uh, we'll focus on four areas. First, start with the training side of the business. So that's like coaching services, accelerator classes, what you've learned about those things lately. Then we'll shift over to tools, software side of the business and uh, also hit hiring and just random learnings from the uh, wild world of business um, over the past month. So uh, starting with the training side of the business, what is new on that front right now? First of all, November, that's insane. I know. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm recording this on October 29th, so just a couple of days before the month begins, but uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, all right, so training side. I think we talked about this a few months uh, back now, but Probably about a year ago, uh, how the our co- we have two products, two paid products: our coaching program, one-on-one coaching, and our four-week marketing classes, accelerators. Um, a year ago, our coaching program, the product was here; it was really good, but the marketing was way back here. We didn't quite know how to talk about it, right? So we went through about a year of just messing around with it, tweaking, and we kind of like settled on here's how you talk about it. And now that's going well. Had our best month ever in September, and really good month on tap for October. Accelerators are kind of in the same spot now. Like the four-week class, they're actually result-wise, like they're a, an amazing product. They're much simpler than the coaching program. They're four weeks versus a year long. They're just simpler to do. Um, but they just destroy the online course. I mean, they're just they're really good. But we don't know quite how to sell them yet. <laughs> like we're still experimenting through how do you talk about them, even the name accelerator versus a four-week marketing class, like which one works. Like we're just playing around with everything about it. So um, we're coming, usually we have one, we do a promotion every month for one uh, accelerator. The month of November, though, this is coming up on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We're going to do something a little different this month. We're, instead of selling an accelerator this month, we're still going to sell it technically off the back end. But instead of doing that, we're going to sell a, I guess this is a preview to our Black Friday deal. Uh, we're going to do, we don't have a name for it yet. Me and Will were just talking about that before we get recorded. Like, what are we going to call this? So we'll have a nice, pretty polished name for it by the time this comes out. But uh, we're going to sell a bundle of, I guess you would call them webinar swipe files. Um, so we want to host a webinar accelerator in January where you go through a four week class. And by the end of it, you have, you have the entire script slide deck and you're confident in presenting a sales webinar. I want this so we can do it ourselves. So we can send our own team members through it and we can have really good sales presentations. You don't just have to watch a course or go through somebody's train or look at somebody's perfect webinar swipe copy or something. You like go through this class and each week, week one, you write the script and we give you templates for it. Week two, you make your slide deck. Week three, you practice it. And week four, you finalize it and ship it. Like by the time you finish this four weeks, it's done. 
And now you can go back to that system anytime you want to ever create a good sales webinar. So that's where we want to fulfill that four week class in January. But we kind of want to experiment with selling it a little differently. And who knows, maybe this winds up being a permanent change. I don't know, but we're going to do a big Black Friday bundle around this. So on Black Friday, we're not going to sell the webinar accelerator. Instead, we're going to sell a 20, actually, I don't know if we finalized the price either. Let's just say the price is $29. Uh, $29, $49, somewhere right in there. Let's use $29. We want an impulse purchase product we're going to sell that you don't even have to think about. Like, I think the cheapest thing we've ever sold, I think I'm right, is a $600 10K subs course. I guess we've had like RLB was like two, 300 bucks or something. We've never had anything under $100. I don't think we've mm -hmm. ever sold. Unless I'm forgetting something. No major product for sure. Maybe we've done a one-off thing occasionally. Um, so we're going to sell for $29 or $49, one of the two. Uh, a webinar swipe file. What that web, because one of the problems with host like doing webinars is they're really hard to reverse engineer what other people are doing. Because you have to sign up for this thing, wait for the dumb emails to come, be on it live, listen through somebody and all their BS for two hours, and then like you can't record it. Like it's just a pain in the butt to study webinars. And then, like you think about an email sequence, you can get some of these, you sign up, let all of the email sequences come in, skim them, outline them, and then write your own. Have something to kind of like, as Russell Brunson would say, funnel hack. Um, and that's great. But webinars are really, like the actual presentation is really hard to do that. So we were putting together a webinar recently, and I wanted to do that. And I was like, man, there's just, it's just a pain in the butt to do. So what I did, I actually took one of Russell's. Russell did a presentation uh, at Grant Cardone's conference a few months ago, maybe a year ago now his 10X conference, and uh, it was a really good recording. He did, Russell did a whole case study on, and apparently this presentation did $3 million or a million dollars or something like that live at the conference. And you can go on YouTube. I just pulled the, the recording from YouTube. Um, so you can, you can go here and watch the whole hour and 30 minute presentation. Um, but what I did was I just got somebody I knew off of Upwork to come in and transcribe the entire webinar, take a screenshot of every slide of the webinar, and then take all of those slides and put into an actual keynote file. I don't have that right here where you can get it, but uh, and it's like a whole, uh, whole keynote file with every slide in it. And the speaker notes section of every slide is, uh, is what they said on that slide. And then I did an outline of the entire thing. So you can see at a high level, like here's how the webinar is structured. So if you want to go to the offer and figure out how you transition from the teaching part of the webinar to the offer, uh, we've even time stamped the recording where I can go in into this transition and say, all right, let me hear the part or actually transitioned. Ben, let me ask you a question. Been... And it time jumps to that specific part, to what he says. For a little bit over an hour. So listen to what he does. This is so much fun. But how many guys this is the transition. Like this right He's just taught them an hour and seven minutes of stuff. Like pretty, really good. This is a really good present. One of the better sales presentations I've ever seen, teaching-based sales presentations. So he needs to transition between that and now the pitch. And this section, you can go to that specific spot and say exactly what he said there and then model that for your own. You can read the transcription, you can watch it live, you can see the slides he had up. So I just started making a ton of these. I just started taking friends webinars and people I don't know and having them transcribed, slide stamped, um, entire presentation put together inside a keynote or PowerPoint. So what we're gonna do, I've got the permission of seven friends to take their webinars that work well. And we've done this with all of them. We've outlined them, we have the entire slide deck, we have every word they said, we have the jump links where you can go to that specific part of the presentation and hear what they said. So you can skim it. You don't have to watch the whole thing. You can if you want. You can watch the whole thing. You can skim it to find particular points. You can come back and study it when you're putting together your webinar. So we're going to sell a bundle of these, seven to 10-ish of these. We don't pick the final number yet. This last week, I was selecting the ones we were going to do. I have seven secured so far. We might stop there. I might get 
13 seemed like a good number too. So I might try to get up to 13. We'll see. There'll be a bundle of these to be able to buy. It'll be literally this. You'll get a link to seven Google Docs of the entire thing outlined, full transcription, full slide deck, jump link to the, the exact part of the presentation where you can hear what they say. And then off the back end of this, anybody that buys this bundle will then sell the webinar accelerator too. So we're not going to do a big promotion to the entire list of webinar accelerator. We're just going to sell for the Black Friday bundle this webinar swipe file. We can jump in and figure out what other people are doing on their webinars versus having to do all the rigmarole you need to be able to study people's webinars. So that's going to be our Black Friday bundle is this webinar swipe file of seven friends that have given us permission to do this, take their presentations, cut them all up, trans, uh, transcribe them, slide decks, jump links, the whole deal where you can actually study what other people are doing. And we got some really cool ones. We got one that's a 14 minute webinar which is a whole oh, different wow. kind of concept on a webinar. That's really cool. My friend Joel uses that. Um, anyway, so it'll be cool. It'll be a really cool product. I'm interested. I would love to move 500 to 1,000 units of this. Uh, and what we're going to have kind of sales funnel wise off this, as soon as you buy on the thank you page, will be a call to action to book a call to us to talk to us uh, to help audit your webinar or talk about where you could use a webinar in your business. And then we'll sell you on the one-on-one -on -one coaching with us if it seems to make sense. And then a week, I think a week after we do this promotion, anybody that's bought, will do an open cart promotion for a webinar accelerator. So that's kind of the whole funnel. You buy, you get pitched for a one-on-one -on -one call. We'll do a little audit, tell you about our coaching program. We'll hope to sell some units off that. And then a week later, we'll do an open and close launch of a webinar accelerator. So that's kind of our Black Friday deal. Takes the place of our typical accelerator promotions. We're trying some different stuff we haven't done before. Um, I could, me and you were talking well a few weeks ago. I could definitely see where Maybe we never overtly sell accelerators. Maybe we always run these bundle promotions. Like if that goes well and you're able to move a bunch of units at it, but I don't know. It's an experiment. Um, never sold anything at this price point. I have no idea how the list will respond, but very curious to see how it goes. Yeah. I think that's one of the really interesting things about it. And I think also it makes it kind of a good fit for a black Friday type promotion yeah. is it's so different from what they've seen in the past. Um, and also like, I just, I think it's a really cool product. Like I've written webinar scripts in the past and gone through that exact experience of like, like, you know, I'm, maybe I'm working on like the teaching part of the webinar or the offer part. And I want to see like those specific parts in other webinars, just, you know, to kind of help generate ideas and stuff. Yeah. It's so hard um, to just be able to do that, to like find the right webinar, then like you said, like sit through it, find where it's going to be. So just to be able to like click and go to the offer or click and go to like the first teaching point and transition and stuff um, is, is really cool. Like I'm kind of looking forward to uh, using these. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been fun to study. I mean, it takes about 10 days start to finish until we identify, like this is just from my own swipe file to identify one, get finally get the recording, send it to the lady in Saudi Arabia that does it transcribe them, slide them, outline them, all that stuff. It just, I mean, it takes 10 days when we have a pretty decent process in place. So right. that one off once a year to try to find 10 webinars to pull from. It's just a pain in the butt. So my goal is that we make a super immediate grat gratification, excuse me, gratification product that any marketer is like freaking yes. Like give me that $29. Are you insane? You could sell this for 290 or $2,900. So I think this product is that it's just such a no brainer. You don't have like, Versus like the partnership accelerator where you have to introduce people to what that even is. Like right. everyone knows what a webinar is. Everyone that's ever even tried it knows the pain point behind this and can just see, if you see the three minute presentation of Russell's, the breakdown I did on his particular one, like you're like, oh yeah, I get that. Like I want that thing. 29 bucks. Take my money now, please. Right. <laughs> so I hope, hope it works well. I'm excited about it. We'll see. Yeah. And I think in the email with this video, we'll have a way to get notified when that promotion goes right. Yes.
Yeah, there should yeah. be. A Did we quantity limit how many we we're going to sell or no? No, we didn't discuss doing that. I wish we would, but probably. <laughs> yeah, there might be a, a quantity limit. So yeah, but I really want to move a thousand units, but I don't know if we'll sell thirty or three thousand. So <laughs> um, yeah, so this is kind of the next step in trying to figure out the best way to sell accelerated. And we've tried lots of different things, and we got we got a uh, we got a promotion in December, which I don't know if we know which accelerator we're selling yet in December. We'll talk about that later, but. Um, we got a couple of big tweaks we're going to make to how we sell it. We can talk about those maybe in November's update or December's update of how we're going to yeah. do that. But um, this is kind of the first, we did some adjustments to October's launch, how we're doing the accelerator here that worked well. So we're going to apply some of those to this Black Friday sale and then all of them, this December launch or, or promotion we're doing for accelerator. So I think over the next six months, if you really pay attention to what we're doing on accelerator promotions, you'll should see lots of tweaks. And then in these updates, we can kind of share what's working and what's not and whatnot. But um, yeah, this is a big one. Sell the asset bundle. Um, because one of the downsides to accelerators is they aren't immediate gratification. You buy them in November, but you got to wait till February to get it. Right. It doesn't produce lots of like instant impulse purchase stuff, which we won't. So by adding in, I think every accelerator from this point forward, if everything works, will have a, a, uh, like an asset bundle you get. So like with the webinar accelerator will be the first one we do this with, but it has a, it has a group of assets. You would pay $500 just for the assets. You know, oh, I happen to get this four-week class as well. Definitely now doing that. Um, so that's one of the shifts we made in October. We kind of baked that a little bit to the conversion accelerator and we saw applications double. Um, so if we can keep making some iterations to get applications up even more, that'd be great. So yeah, reporting back each month on how our figure out how to sell accelerator project goes. Yeah, it's like a promotion strategy coming out of the primordial ooze. Because <laughs> it's a great product. The product yeah. is really freaking like our last partnership accelerator had a 97% success rate. 97% of the people, I think we had like 67 people in. So that's like 65 of the 67 people had never done partnerships before and got one company or influencer in their industry to commit to doing a partnership with them. We averaged like 2.5 partnerships per person and over $14,000 of expected economic impact to their business from a four week class. So yeah, I've been great. I, mean, I, I want to do way more of these. We're making actually today, we're coming up with our schedule for 2020 of all the different accelerators we're going to do. We're going to roll out some new ones like webinar, a hiring one, high ticket sales funnel one, and a couple others. So we're going to brainstorm on that today and come up with a schedule and we'll post that uh, as soon as we have it. But um, yeah, I'm ex excited about it because all this stuff for us, like one of our core values is we're our first and best customer. Like I want to create all these so we can have really tight playbooks for all of them. So any future company or any future promotions we do, we can just use our own playbook for it. Right. We happen to sell that to you as well. So you can use it and have success as well. So it's, it's fun to build a company like that because everything yeah. you do benefits you. And Oh, by the way, it happens to benefit the customer as well. Cause it's a right. It's awesome. So that's the training side of things. What about the software side of things? What have y'all been working on there? And what are kind of some new things you're excited about? Yeah, so this quarter, quarter four, is all on almost exclusively building out some internal tools. Okay. Uh, so I'll screen share and walk you through. We got maybe three or four, like little, I would call them small because in customer impact isn't uh, extraordinary versus like stuff we did last quarter. We did two huge complete redos of two external tools of attract and go viral, go watch previous month updates, go check out attract.io and go viral.io and try those tools. They're all they're, they're really good. Uh, so a couple of things we're doing internally this quarter. Number one is we actually wired up our accelerator 
uh, product pages to be like smart. <laughs> so <laughs> the timers all are actually tied to our actual internal schedules. So the, this is like convert our partnership accelerator, for instance, I guess opens for enrollment in 11 days. Like I got it. I don't know the schedule at the top of my head, but in 11 days it opens for enrollment and you can join the waiting list. Like I'm logged in. So it instantly added me to the waiting list. If you're not logged in, it'll give you a pop-up and you can do that. So now you'll get reminder emails and the week before it actually goes on sale about that. Mm -hmm. um, it actually has 50 seats available. And when someone buys, it says 49 seats available versus us having to manually go in, which means we don't. And then the number isn't accurate. Right. Um, all of our average success rate is tied in directly to, uh, I guess this averages between all the cohorts, but every cohort we have automatically updates on here and shows you the success of that cohort. I don't even think we can doctor that at all. Like it just, as soon as the class is over, it publishes a success rate up there. And then after oh. a month, it locks it in. So anything after that, just it stays static after that point. So we just did a lot of dynamic stuff on our partnership or on our accelerator pages. So they're just smart. That helps with enrollments and whatnot. That's one thing we did. Another thing we did, we're working on internally with our coaching program is uh, we have an action item based coaching program. So we come in when you hire us, one of the first things we do is audit your entire business and create a custom marketing plan for you. And then we load in, we give you all the playbooks you need to execute that. So if you need a partnership, if we need to run up partnerships as a legion channel for you, we'll load that playbook. And if we need to load up PPC as a legion channel, we'd load that in. If you need to validate a product, we'd load in our validation playbook or a launch playbook or load in one of those. We have lots of these playbooks we've generated and we're still making, we'll load those in. But one thing we're doing is making, and we're going, instead of having this giant list of all the actions you need to do, now you load, you come into your portal and you just have this week, here's what you need to focus on. You just mm -hmm. like literally just do your action items for this week. And those are all the conglomerations of the different playbooks you have, whether they're recurring playbook you've already installed or a new one you're working on now. And then if you need to know, like, how do I, how do I open my ambassador list building checklist? Like you open up that action item and there's a video for every action item. Some of them are 20 minutes long. Some of them are 30 seconds long, depending on the nature of the action item. Uh, and it'll give you the resource you need there and a video for that. So this is something we're working on right now is another iteration of this. Uh, doing a big upgrade, rebuilding all of our playbooks is a project we're working on this quarter, which is all like building like internal information stuff. Uh, but then the, the actual toolage of this, where there's a this week list. And whenever you finish this week's project, it says you're done for the week, go take a break. Like, you don't need to do anything else unless you want to get a jump start on next week. So that's one big project we're working on. Unless you're a coaching client, you won't ever see this, but um, it's a next level LMS tool. If you use Teachable or Thinkific or any kind of LMS, like this is fundamentally different than all of them in that it's based on action items, not learning stuff. Like you learn stuff through action items, um, but there's no like, go watch this video. There's no, like everything is based on do these action items. And as you do them, you complete these playbooks and you get the results from them. So that's a fundamental difference we have. Another thing we're coding up, uh, building is a this week reminder for all of our coaching clients. So the beginning oh, cool. of every Monday, we send you a reminder of what your goal is. And we send you the you know five to 10 action items you need to do just as a reminder, Hey, go do these things. Cause one thing right now, our portal is nearing world-class level. Uh, but the end of this quarter will be there. As soon as this, the, this week concept is fully there, it'll be better than anything I've ever seen before. Um, but one thing that one snare that doesn't cover for is a lot of coaching clients just kind of get sidetracked and forget to log in to remember what to do. So doing right. two things this quarter to fix that problem. Number one, it's a proactive email that automatically goes out to every student every Monday uh, or every client every Monday with here's what you need to do this week. Here's what you're behind on or overdue on. Here's what you need to focus on with a reminder of their 12 month goal. So they stay attached to that vision and the, the objective they're focused on. And then the, the, that's in the clouds and then in the weeds of the exact action items I need to do. And the other piece is we're building a, 
a Chrome extension that loads in the new tab of your browser every time you open up your tab that shows you your next action item. Uh, this is the most important thing to do now. Do this. <laughs> and you click see details and that logs you in. That brings you to that specific action item loaded up inside of your portal. So two things to fi fix focus for our clients. Number one is a new tab extension that tells them exactly the next thing to do. And then a Monday email that shows them the handful of things that you do this week. And then inside of your portal, you can get all the details on that and see all the, all the details and everything. Yeah. I'm Those curious. Upgrades to our, that's that's a, the whole coaching program tool. We don't have a name for it, but that's like, that's a whole, that's probably the biggest tool we built is that, but no one ever sees it unless you're a client. So we don't talk about right. these calls, but that's the primary focus of what we're working on this quarter is that, that tool, which all our clients use. What kind of drives a lot of the product decisions for that product? Like, are you, are you watching how clients use the product? Or are you like just testing hypotheses that you have on things that would make it better? How do, how do you think about that? Yeah. So there's kind of a mix. Um, there are, there's, I think just on any product is like this of like, what is your own vision for the product? Where does it need right. to go? And that needs to be informed by feedback and, you know, objective and subjective or objective and, uh, the type of feedback quantitative and qualitative i don't know anyway yeah, quantitative people and qualitative. say what you intuit the problems you see uh so like for instance the focus problem became apparent because on a lot of our one-on-one -on -one calls we'd ask people like they ask us a question like brian how do i do this i'm like all right before i answer your question what should you be doing this week what is the next step you should be doing and almost no one could answer the question mm. they would never tell me brian i need a new chrome extension i need you to send me uh, email every Monday, but I know the problem, like, and this is across our coaching department, we knew a problem was people just knowing what to do next. Right. And knowing what to do next. And as a client of ours is easier to do than any course or coaching program I've ever seen before. But the percentage of people that could answer that question was still like below 10%, mm. especially once you were three to six months in the people in the beginning are super paying attention. It's once you get in a little bit, like people tend to tend to kind of drift a tad. So we've built quite a few different things, not even software wise. We do 90 day check-ins with everyone now. We've built lots of things to help with that. But still at the end of the day, we needed something that was in front of them all of the time. So the Chrome extension came from there. We need something that proactively reached out to them, even if they hadn't installed a thing, that's where the email comes in. Um, so those kind of derived out of problems we saw, but I think there are some philosophical decisions with how we want to run our coaching program. How do we take information from our head and give it to your head? How do we give an action from our head and put it in your hands? And I think that's where the whole portal vision has come out probably eight months ago. We got really clear on what we needed. Mm -hmm. Now it's taken pretty much this whole year to get it all in place and test how, how to do different things. And we need the concept, not exactly the implementation. So now we know exactly what to do by the end of this quarter, that'll all be done. And I'm really excited for that because next year we can focus on just building better and more playbooks. Because there's right. play, like a hiring playbook we need to get in the inside of here. So as people run into that step, we can give them. There's We got a list of 20 different playbooks to build, but we need the foundational ones in this format. We need the tool in place and all that's like right at the edge of being completed. So right. it'd be like meeting you and me, Will, sitting down and saying, hey, let's work on growing Will's copywriting business. Yeah. We talk for two hours and work out a plan. We're like, hey, first you need to, you know, you need to go to your existing class and try to get more business. And now you need to cold outreach to new people and you need to show them the work you've done. You need to pitch two times a week and then you need to do to hire these two people. Like we get really clear on what you need to do. Right. And there's the practical, like, I'm three months into that plan. How do I remind me how I do hiring? Because that's not like an easy task. That's not like right. a one action item thing. Hire another copywriter, hire a biz dev person. It's like uh -huh. there's like a 
50 point checklist with a fairly complicated <laughs> process to do that. And we have that process. So with our clients, we're like, Hey, you need to hire a director of marketing. We just load the hiring playbook in, make a few tweaks for them and they just run it. And at every point along the process, it's like, Hey, write your job description. And we talk, we teach them how to do that. We'll give them examples. We let them watch us do that. We get them to write a draft one and give them a grading checklist to grade their own. And then we say, Hey, send it to us to give you feedback. And they send it to us and we give feedback, we tweak it and they we should done with the job description. And every playbook is broken up in three to four chunks with coach reviews at every point along the way. And obviously they can ask us questions or set up one-on-one calls with us anytime they want. So right. I'm just interested in building the best coaching program that's ever existed in any market before that's scalable. Yeah. Um, and we're really freaking close to doing that. And I'm, I'm just, I'm pumped about the product. It's a significantly more complicated product than an accelerator because there's just like accelerator is cohorted four weeks, four projects, really simple, but they work hand in hand. Like every accelerator we do becomes a playbook inside of coaching that we can give to individuals instead of giving to cohorts of people. So the products riff off each other really well. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I'm sure there's lots of stuff we don't even know yet. As we get more and more years into this, we'll find more enhancements, but this is, this is nearing world-class level of coaching product and it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It seems kind of like it's at kind of like a turning the corner type point mm -hmm. in terms of the product being to the point where I know you've wanted it to be for a long time, you know, so that'll be really cool to see. Because most coaching programs are either one or two things. You get an individual to get on a Skype call with you once or twice a month and you pay usually $500 to $5,000 a month. I've fulfilled that coaching program before. The downside is your coach is great at some things and terrible at other things. They're great at on the call with you, but they suck at responding to your emails. They're great with some aspects of what you're working on, but not other aspects of what you're working on. They don't follow up well or whatever. So um, like I'm great at the one-on-one -on -one call, but then to distill those action items down and send them to you and then follow up with you once a week to make sure you do and proactively help you and all through that process with one person, like that yeah. person has a cap of about 15 to 20 people a month max that they can fulfill that with. So it's not scalable at all. And even once you get to 20 people, even remembering everybody's nuanced individual circumstance gets really hard. So we built a whole internal CRM for ourselves. Like when, when a coaching client sends us an email, inside a help scout, it pulls up the highlights of their entire profile and history with us. And in one click, that coach can go to their profile and in about a minute, remember every aspect of in their entire history of business, the exact playbook they're on, the exact action item they're on, and their monthly reports, everything about them in like a minute. Versus if I have 20 people and I'm keeping them all in my head, like, and I have three Josh's, like I forget which Josh is which and what business they have. Like I've done that and I literally just can't remember them all. Right. So the experience from the customer side is substantially better than having a one-on-one -on -one coaching program because it isn't just one person. It's a team of four people in the coaching side that have built all these meticulous playbooks out. We proactively reach out to you. You can reactively reach out to us. Anyway, it's way better than that. The other model of coaching this is pretty popular right now and people charge five, 10 times more than we do for this. They give you an online course and they have live group calls once a week and they charge yeah. $20,000 and call that coaching. And it's not like the, the one-on-one stuff's better than that and cheaper than that typically. Um, so we want to build something that's better than both of those, cheaper than both of those. And we can scale it to a thousand customers right now. We're at 250 or so um, maybe at 300 by now, but with one and a half full-time coaches focused on that and another one and a half people on the infrastructure side. So, um, anyway, I don't know if I'm riffing now, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah. We'll keep doing updates on this because by the time we get to Q1, I want to show you what's actually in practice with these playbooks and the tool and everything and kind of give everybody a, a tour of that. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, what about hiring? Y'all looking for any positions right now? I know there were a couple discussed last month. How are things over there? 
Yeah, hire, people is the hardest part of business, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can be complicated. Yeah, so we've had a couple setbacks on our director of marketing hire. We've been working on that. that was my number one goal for Q3 was hire director of marketing. We had a few different setbacks on it. Um, I'm back to doing in-person interviews this week uh, with that. We, we had a top three, worked through those, ran into several different issues with that. We won't go into lots of detail here, but uh, so I've had to go back to our original group. It was actually, I really enjoyed the process. Went back to our original group. We had about 52 people fill out our in-depth assessment after applying for that role. So I'm back to that group of 52, read through every assessment, every video, read every response, uh, came with a group of 10 that kind of stood out, went to the top five, uh, had calls with all those top five. This is last week. I found the top three, invited all of them in person. So I'll do interviews with them Thursday and Friday this week and hopefully offer one of them by end of day Friday. Um, so I've had to pause our content, our content and community strategist person um, to refocus on director marketing since that had a few hiccups along the way in that hire. Uh, so that's the full focus right now. Um, I don't anticipate us in the month of November doing an open job search. We, anybody that's applied for that content or community and content strategist position, just be patient. <laughs> as soon as we get the director of marketing yeah. in place, we'll come back to that and work through all, all you folks that have applied. We've had about 800 people apply for that role. Wow. We'll look at them in a couple of weeks as we've had to put resources back on the marketing hire. Uh, but that's the that's the key number one role we got to get hired right now. So lots of internal work on that, but no application calls currently. Gotcha. Probably won't do any open applications for new searches until January because we got to work through that specific hire, get them trained, uh, and then uh, turn our attention to what's next after that. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's exciting. I'm, I'm sure the bigger the role, the more complex and difficult the actual hiring process most of the time, I would think. Yes. Yeah. And we found several different things to screen for on the front end that will save us some pain on the back end. Gotcha. <laughs> we got to offers and found, you know, anyway, we won't go into detail here. That's not stuff we want to share publicly, but uh, yeah, but yeah, there's some good learnings that have every hiring search I've found, there's good learnings that have come out of that and things we bake back into the initial screening process and all that to make sure we don't get to the very end after lots of time with people and round up, there's like high level stuff that somehow we missed in the beginning. So um, anyway, that was the case this time, but those specific things won't happen again, but I'm sure that yeah. we're learning to the next process we are. Awesome. So uh, beyond that learning, are there, have there been any other interesting lessons or just concepts you've thought of, observations you've made just over the past month um, that have made a difference in the business or, you know, your own kind of personal day-to-day -day or anything like that? So there's one concept, and I don't, I'm trying not to get too far in the weeds with this. Uh, I don't know if I can even describe this all this well, but through the hiring of this director of marketing position, something became clear as so I was building comp plans and whatnot for that. Yeah. Is that the role of the marketing department, they really have two KPIs. This director of marketing has two KPIs. Number one is accelerator sales per month. That's actually number two. Number one is uh, SQL, sales qualified leads. When I actually built this role to begin with, it was new coaching clients per month, but they don't control that entire process. They can control the new sales, the new coaching clients per month up to the point of handing the sales department a qualified lead. After that, it's right. the sales guys jobs and, and Sam who runs the sales department for us. It's their job to actually close that lead, but the marketer can't close the lead because it happens on the phone. It doesn't happen in email. So accelerators happens all in email and text message and whatnot. So marketing completely controls that. That's definitely within their realm of influence, but they don't control what happens once we get a qualified lead on the phone. So it became clear right. for me that that director of marketing position needs to be comp. They have a base salary plus a commission uh, plan based on sales qualified leads per month and accelerator sales per month. 
so as I was building our comp plans and structures and incentive plans around that, what became clear was one, we don't even have the terminology right now for SQLs or sales qualified leads. So we need to figure out like how many sales qualified leads do we have a month? So I spent some time, pulled some numbers from the whole like the last two years and found that out. And one thing I wound up building and I, I'm trying to make sure there's no personal data here. I've hidden a couple columns here, so it wouldn't be. Um, this is just from the last couple of days and there's actually a name field that I've hidden just so you won't see people that calls names. Uh, this is, for actually this has today stuff on it too so this is for the 29th let's go to the 28th actually this is the october 28th uh yeah all october 28th sales calls that happened or book sales calls for yesterday um and what i found in order to be able to the director of marketing, if their number one role, a good job is to produce SQLs in the month of September, which was a record month for us, we had 108 SQLs, sales qualified leads get on the phone. Uh, and that's their job is to get them on the phone. And to get to our internal goal of 50 sales per month, which we had 40 in September, we need to get to 160 sales qualified leads per month. So, all right, where do they come from now? What are our best sources? What happens when they get on the phone? What are all those numbers? And right now, the way we did reporting prior to a couple of weeks ago, was the end of each day, our sales guy would send us an end of day report with every call they had for the day and what happened within the source of the traffic and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But you can't spreadsheet off that or report off that or do analysis of see what's going on and everything. So I just want to share this one learning. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this audio only, none of this will make sense. So go watch the video and you'll actually get this <laughs> I'm talking about here. But uh, just this morning, actually, I was looking at, let me expand my window here. I figured out pivot tables, which I never knew how to do before. Um, so this is for the month of September. This is every call we had, and there's these are the potential results of a call. We okay. didn't call them. <laughs> we had 51 of those in September. That's a really high number. We need to get that down. They booked a call. We literally didn't call them at all. Uh, we pitched them, and they deposited. We pitched them, and they, we had a follow-up. We pitched them, and they didn't sell. We pitched them, and they closed on the call. They screened out for a number of reasons, or they didn't answer the phone when we called them. So I made a little, this is literally this morning, I was kind of, I'm learning how to parse this out. I don't even know what reports to run out of this yet, but I know if we get all the data in that spreadsheet, we can then try to find trends and opportunities and problems we have and then fix mm -hmm. them to get our SQLs up. So the number one thing I noticed when I ran this report was this is the month of September, the biggest piece of this pie chart, 44% of people that book calls didn't answer the phone when we called them. I'm like, dang, that seems Pretty really big. high. <laughs> like there's like a lot of people that didn't call. So then I ran a report um, and there's people that are better with spreadsheets and pivot tables and graphs could probably do this better than I did. Then I ran a report of, all right, of the people that didn't answer, who were those people? Like, where did they book calls from? Mm. What I noticed was, and this would probably make sense, the cold PPC traffic we run. And specifically when we run PPC, we run it to a lead magnet. And on the thank you page of that lead magnet, we asked them to book a call. Right. 55% or 56% of our no-shows last month came from that group of people who went to the thank you page, booked a call, and then didn't answer it when we called them. All of our warm spots of traffic, they, they no-show at very low rates, but that specific segment no-shows at really high rates. So that's now a problem we can solve. The fact that I know that now, because I'm able to visualize and see the data, because we're logging in a spreadsheet and can report off of it correctly. Now it's like, all right, that, that seems like a solvable problem. Like, how do we get our cold PPC traffic to show up for a phone call? So right. this is the point we are brainstorming on that. Like, we could maybe don't let them book a call until they watch the entire video so they understand what they're even doing. We mm. could make them confirm their time 24 hours before, auto cancel the call, and then book, the calls, book that slot for somebody that will actually show up from a source we know shows up. So we could do lots of different things. Now we know the problem. 
We didn't even know that specific thing was a problem because we're looking at all the numbers in aggregate before, not by source, not by sales guys. Like this is an interesting one here. Let me see. Is this the one? Yeah, okay, so here's an interesting one. So this is a, a sales guy thing I noticed this morning. I was actually doing this report I just showed you, but I noticed this. Will, our sales guy Will, screen 10 people last month because they weren't the decision maker. That's one of the screening criteria we have. If you're not the person that can decide on the marketing strategy, we don't want to spend an hour on a call with you going over marketing strategy because you can't do anything about it. So let's reschedule the call to when you can have the decision maker on the phone and we can do it all together. Right. We found we just can't help people at all, sell them in our program or help them like audit and give them actual advice. It doesn't help them at all if they can't like make a decision on it. But Will had a really high, like he had 10 people screened on decision maker. So an action item out of that for me is like get Sam to go audit a couple of Will's calls for that decision maker objection to make sure he's not overly aggressive screening on that. We had one of those. Oh, actually, this is a good example. So our sales guy, Brian, and the, we noticed this like midway through September, he was giving lots of wallet screens, like people that were mm -hmm. screening because they didn't have money. And, uh, and, and now that I look at it, Will has the same problem. So we probably need to do the same thing with him. But we, got, we went and coached Brian up. and was like, hey, let's listen to a few calls and see what you're actually doing. Oh, you're doing that. Let's adjust that script. And Ron had his, uh, Brian had his best month ever in September after we adjusted his wallet screen talk tracks and everything. So this report, this SQL, like logging every call booking, what happened to it, what's going to happen with it, everything about it, and then reporting off that has been very clarifying and very, I think will be very empowering for the director of marketing we get in because they'll be able to see the numbers of what's happening based on segments, based on salespeople, and then present those opportunities to the sales department and then action item and problem solving project off that marketing department. So that's a lot of geeky spreadsheet stuff, but I just want, wanted to show you two examples of what we're able to pull out of that and some projects we'll be doing out of that to try to get this, like I want to see in the month of, we're ending October, so we'll probably put some stuff into place on this in the next week. I'd love to get to the end of November and have this, they didn't answer be like 10%. Because that would be a seismic jump. And that could produce 10 sales next month, uh, which is, you know, 50 to 100 grand of revenue if we just get this number down to 10%, which seems doable if we just put some focus mm -hmm. on it. We just didn't even know that was a problem before. So now that we know PPC people, a lot of PPC people don't show up. Let's go fix that problem. And now that right. seems like an actionable project that can be solved. Right. And it really logically makes sense, too, yeah. because those are the people who know you the least and have the least reason totally. to trust you. So. Um, but yeah, kind of seeing those pie charts that you had really kind of clarifies opportunities. Yeah. Because before what we'd see is, oh, our show up rate is down 3% this week. I don't know why. Versus, all right, let's dig into show up rates. Let's, let's segment it by source. All right, this source doesn't work well. And there's a couple other levels of layering I want to do that we don't have yet. Like I'll, when, when you apply for a call, when you book a call with us, you enter like your revenue, several different key parameters. We don't actually have that in the spreadsheet yet. I want to even source mm. that. So like of these, they didn't answers. Like, is it 90% of the day didn't answers people that are making less than a thousand dollars a month right now? If so, let's like aggressively screen those people out. So we just don't waste time. Cause these are like, we take a call, we sit there, they don't answer the call. We have an hour sitting there not doing anything. So if right. we can segment down even further to find our exact avatar type and like just keep on focusing marketing on that person deeper and deeper and deeper, I think it'll get our effectiveness and help us spend time with the right people market to the right people and be more effective. So uh, that's been interesting. So I'm curious to see one thing we did. Will we're about to publish a blog post uh, Friday. I guess yeah. technically was it yesterday. We started emailing out to some segments on a marketing makeover and, uh, and the content upgrade inside of there. When you sign up for the content upgrade, you go to a thank you page that tells you, Hey, we just emailed you the content upgrade. And by the way, if you want to book a call for us to audit your business, do a makeover, book a call here. We've, tied in the UTM source parameter. So we know it came from that blog post and we're starting to get some bookings from that sales call. Oh, nice. 
I'm really curious to see what the sales rates are on those because those are people who had to read through a whole post of ours. Right. Like doctor, think about that person versus somebody who cold PPC to us. Right. Could we run cold PPC traffic to this blog post and have that convert better and show up better than cold traffic to a lead magnet? Because you're not consuming the lead magnet before you book a call. So the no like trust right. factor is low. But if you have to read through a blog post and go to a content upgrade to get to the book a call, obviously your no like trust is going to be higher. So maybe those people convert better. So be curious. We're not doing cold PPC to that yet, but we are running all of our warm traffic to the blog post and we're tracking all that through our, our big SQL report thing. We're yeah. doing. So I'm curious a month from now to look back at the gravy marketing makeover source and see how those people converted and showed up and whatnot. Yeah. I think that'll be super interesting. And also because like when you and I were talking about just what should the concept of the post be, it was like, well, we want to make something that is going to a teach some people something really valuable that they can apply, but also kind of like, show people how you guys think about marketing so yep. that, that builds trust in you know the the coaching process that they're going to be pitched on the back end so yeah that's you know, i want to be able to tie like ultimately we've done we just done a poor job i mean i say we i have done a poor job of just tr making sure everything ties into the number one business objective even yep. content like i want our content to build a relationship really tight i also wanted to produce sales <laughs> and i like you know, in the affiliate marketing world, SEO world, people do a really good job of this because their whole business is focused on that. That's just content has never been an acquisition channel for us. It's always been a nurture channel for us. Right. But something I want to do a better job on is knowing like, hey, we wrote this marketing makeover post on, which if you haven't checked it out, like go to the blog, like I said, really, really good article. Will wrote 90% of that. We brainstormed it together. He did all the grunt work on it. It's a great blog post. Uh, and it teaches you how to set up a high ticket sales funnel, basically what we've done for the last two years and try to figure out by doing a makeover of someone else's business. We like literally created landing pages, sell scripts, email sequences, everything from scratch for them. And they could literally download all that, install it and lift their revenue by a million dollars next year. And we walked through all the numbers and all the concepts and everything. But what I want to do is have that post long-term rank SEO for a high ticket sales funnel. Right. And for us to be able to track how many calls are we booking per month from this? What are the conversion rates? And have that as a long-term source of traffic for us via the initial promotion to our own list to be able to make book sales calls and make sales from it and also long-term via SEO to do that. So we've just never wired all that up and paid attention and tracked it. And I think for me going through this director of marketing hiring search, going all the way back to the thing I've learned is SQLs is the number one job of marketing. Yeah. So when we produce a piece of content, can we get SQLs from it? Right. It, it could be as simple as a PS line at the bottom of the email. It could be as complex as a content upgrade with a thank you page that books calls. It could be even more complicated than that. I'm sure that we haven't thought of. I just want to do a good job now. Now we have the infrastructure to do that with a sheet and whatnot. I'm sure of evolved uh, of making sure every call has a source, which we've done for a long time, but then making sure we're tracking that and knowing what's working and what's not and improving the, the nuance and tweaks and everything uh, as we go. So that will empower this director of marketing that comes on to actually be able to do their job well. And right. we have our goal of 160, 166, I think it is SQLs per month within six months, which will hit every sales goal we have if we get there. So that's been a big learning of mine, a lot of geeky stuff there, but it's basically know your numbers and I haven't done a good enough job. And I think that's okay. Like I actually wouldn't change anything in hindsight. I think it's, I do a good job of making sure the big rocks are in place. I'm not a good medium and definitely a really bad small rock person, like all mm -hmm. the minor stuff to support that. So I'm really good at the MVP stage, get it to the awkward teenage years. But then when it needs to go to mature stage, like I gotta have other people help there. Like I'm yeah. bad there. And if you try to get to this level of detail when you're trying to MVP prove a concept, like you'll fail almost every time unless you're a repeat founder or done it before. So I'm really good at like, all right, this program works. We've sold millions and millions of dollars of this coaching program. We'll get the infrastructure, the product is there. Now let's bring in someone who's a freaking genius at marketing and tracking and project management to get it there. 
And what they needed to do that is this. <laughs> like they right. need to take this and run with it and make it a thousand times better. They can't do my like finger in the air, gut level <laughs> instinct thing. Like that, that, that gets you through the beginning. That doesn't get you to ultimate goal. Right. And I'm not good there. So having someone come in and get it there is kind of the next major step. But it's really hard if they have nothing to go off of, if they have to invent all of the tracking concepts from scratch. So I think having this seed idea, having the basics in place and letting them grow it will set them up to succeed versus like before the spreadsheet existed and the concept existed. I think they, it would take them six months to even know they needed this spreadsheet. Right. They just got six months off their iteration time uh, and being able to dive in and find problems. Because now they can parse a spreadsheet and pivot the table and graph and figure out the little segments and the sales guys who suck at these leads or the the don't show rate is high for this segment. So let's work on some funnel stuff and copy stuff there. We can identify right. our actual problems more so than we ever could have. So, yeah. yeah. I would imagine it's a great thing for a candidate to be able to know like, oh, this whole process is in place. So like, I'm going to be put in a position where like, I know exactly what I need to do to succeed. 100%. And the metrics are all within their control. They own every piece of what they need to succeed in their role. And before they didn't, because it was, they still, they own ultimate sales and they don't control ultimate sales. They control the SQL, but not the close rate. But they can inform the sales guys. They can say, hey guys, like Will, like Will and Brian are screening a lot of people on wallet. Daniel's screening nobody off wallet. Like maybe y'all should adjust your talk tracks there. Maybe Daniel needs to screen more people off wallet. But you know, he could dive in and like, let the sales manager know. They could go screen some calls, listen to some calls, see exactly what they're doing, and then coach them based on that, which is the sales, you know, sales manager's job, so. Right. It feels good. It feels like a whole, feels like we had this corner of the business that we didn't even know was dark and we just shined a spotlight over there. And we're like, yeah. I didn't even know that part of the house existed. Let's go explore. <laughs> There's probably cool stuff over there. Right. So that feels good. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to see what kind of observations and learnings and stuff come out of, you know, having your finger on all those pulses now. Yeah. 100%. All right. Awesome. Well, it sounds like we'll have a lot of stuff to circle back on next month. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Awesome, brother. Good chat. Right. Yeah. Talk to you then.